Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And my own state representative, Jonathan Steinberg of Westport, joins us right now. Because among other things, Jonathan, I guess we need to discuss this fair share bill that made it out of committee, which is causing a lot of dread and consternation in many people, not all, some people are happy about it, but many people who really believe fervently in local control are out of their minds. So Jonathan Steinberg, welcome back to the show today. Hello. Happy Friday to you, Lisa. Yeah, happy Friday to you too. Listen, I want to tell you that I was reading the account of the meeting this week among you and Jeff Weiser and Danielle Dobin and a lot of people that have vested interests in the future of Westport. And I saw that you said that you were radicalized in reading the fine print of this fair share bill. So Jonathan Steinberg, what does it say and why are you so opposed to it? Well, at least I think we need to start within the context of the existing statutory language, which is known infamously as 8-30G. That's existed for 30 odd years and has really define the way that we approach encouraging affordable housing in the state. Uh, Many of us in Fairfield County have opposed that legislation. It is pretty much all stick and no carrot. Uh, There was a program before even I was in the legislature 12 years ago called Home Connecticut that instead sought to offer incentives for communities to do the right thing. But unfortunately, since the state was in bad fiscal shape, we never funded it, which is kind of typical. I was actually encouraged when, (laughs) when fair share was proposed a couple years ago that this might be a new methodology that would have more reasonable and appropriate targets for municipalities such that we could uh, jettison 830G and have something better. And that was my hope. They uh, put together a commission to look into the issue. And even before the commission came back, it seemed as if fair share morphed, but not in the direction I would have hoped. If anything, it is uh, more arbitrary uh, and we've used the words at adversarial and punitive, and I think that that's actually quite appropriate. I'm so disappointed by this. As I've said, uh, I, I've tried to uh, be moderate in this. I've tried to preach understanding within the community that we want more diversity. We want more affordable housing for uh, seniors and young people and, and uh, people from other communities. Um, and yet uh, the bill that came forward is, uh, as I said, Uh, really, really almost vindictive to wealthier suburban towns. It includes provisions that if a town is wealthier than another community, its numbers, uh, the the required numbers of new affordable housing units go up 
And I don't understand the correlation between wealth and the ability to build affordable housing in a community. And it also sets extremely arbitrary milestones for how much you have to accomplish in a given year, which have no bearing as to what goes on on the ground in a particular community with its geography, its infrastructure, and what it's already built. So, uh, you know, it's incredibly disappointing to me that this top-down, one-size-fits-all approach flies right in the face of the really good work that Westport has done in recent years. Uh, Kudos to our uh, Planning and Zoning Commission for uh, encouraging the right kind of projects, fighting the wrong ones. But we are just completing our first 830G moratorium. We're on our way to a second. Not every project uh, that's approved is one I love. But having said that, Westport has been a model for other communities in the state. And for us to be targeted as if we were still redlining like we did 100 years ago, it's just so wrongheaded. Uh, I keep inviting members of the Housing Committee down to Westport to see what we've accomplished, but also to see the huge traffic issues we have, uh, the complications of trying to build around our transit-oriented districts, and just uh, that we need to have a more open mind uh, about the way that affordable housing is built in in a community. Uh, In our community, we've talked about more cottage-like structures, smaller units, not high-rises. All these things make sense for Westport, but this fair share bill uh, acknowledges none of this, is pretty much oblivious to it. And that actually has made me a little bit angry. We're chatting with Jonathan Steinberg, state representative. Among the aspects of it, which are frankly so shocking, are these unfunded mandates. They basically tell states that they have to pay for it uh, unless developers are going to come and shove all the zoning restrictions about density and coverage and height out the window. I mean, it's extraordinary in its very top-down approach. It's also... Um, I agree with you, Jonathan Steinberg. I think it's based on faulty assumptions. I think it's based on trying to redress things that may have been true 100 years ago that are no longer true. And I think it's insulting to the people of communities that either choose by election or have their elected officials appoint their local planning and zoning people. It's basically saying you don't matter. You don't count. We don't care whether or not you understand the traffic intersection or the density or the character of your community. We don't care. It's rather insulting. That's the way I feel. As I said, I was hoping that this would be a bridge to finding common ground and that we come up with something better than 830G. And, uh, you know, Westport would be rewarded for the kind of work it does. It would be a model to other communities who wanted to catch up. But instead, we have this sort of contentious divide. And I fear that it's going to uh, radicalize a lot of Fairfield County legislators on both sides of the aisle. And I assure you that if this reaches the floor of the House, I am going to oppose it with all vigor. Uh, And I've never done a filibuster. That's typically the other side of the fence. But uh, I would in this case because I want to protect the approach Westport is using for affordability and inclusionary zoning. Uh, We were recognized for having a a good plan here in Westport. And uh, this is just one of those classic examples of how one-size-fits-all solutions, no matter how well-intentioned, can go awry and really hurt communities. The, um, we're chatting with Jonathan Steinberg. I think the other piece of this that is not as well-known as it should be is that 
you know, a lot of our communities, the suburban communities, are sort of on the defense, playing defense against this aggressive agenda of bills, not only fair share but some others, that have been put forward by Desegregate Connecticut, which also wants to be known as Open Communities Alliance. And when you peel back the onion, we have seen, and a lot of reporting has been done to show, that the staff of Desegregate Connecticut is largely being funded by something called the Regional Planning Association. If you follow the money and you follow the dots, and I'm familiar with the Regional Planning Association because many, many years ago I used to work at a Wall Street law firm, and the Regional Planning Association was a favorite nonprofit of the partner that I worked for. So I know RPA for many, many years, and they have done many good work for many, many years. But lately, they have become predominantly funded by real estate developers. That may not have always been the case, but it is the case now. And so if you follow the money towards the imposition of multifamily rentals, okay, rental, rental, rentals, because those are actually the proposals that are coming before our communities, who does that benefit, Jonathan Steinberg? Really, in the short and long run, who is it benefiting to build these affordable, ugly um, multifamily rentals in communities? I don't care where the community is. It's not, it's not creating generational wealth. It really is not. It never has. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Well, you make a number of good points. First of all, with regard to RPA, I agree with your former partner. They used to be uh, an organization, uh, an independent third party. They were particularly good on transportation yes, and, yes. and a lot of major developments. Yes. And they may have morphed in recent years. I, I, I prefer not to think the worst of them, that they're captive to some moneyed interest. But we see it happen all the time. Uh, as regards to, you know, to what you just described, uh, I think you're, you're spot on, which is it, it's the – uh, rental market, which is the biggest challenge for us and always has been. Um, but I also concur that uh, this is a national problem. Every state needs to really play catch up on having more affordable multifamily housing. Uh, virtually every state is thousands, if not tens of thousands uh, of units behind where they need to be to meet the need. And if we want to attract and, and retain young people here in the state, uh, have places for seniors to retire, to create greater diversity so people with different backgrounds can be in our community, we do need to make that commitment. And I think it's consistent with our values. The problem is when you have this kind of blunt instrument, which 830G has been and fair share purports to be, uh, no matter how well-intentioned, these people do not really fundamentally understand how this will uh, be uh, uh, play out in a community, what the ramifications really are. 
And my fear is they don't care. And that is a sorry state of things. So we're going to push back. Uh, what I'd love to see, and there were some bills this year that were minor, they tinkered at the edges of 830G. I'd love to see some constructive uh, ways to improve it, uh, to, to uh, create an environment of engagement with suburban communities rather than the hostility that this is engendering. I've under, I understand that one of the, the better bills, or at least one of the bills that's been deemed a, quote, good bill, uh, by ct169strong.org, which is a grassroots organization, a nonprofit, is a bill that would allow for more flexibility in building senior housing in connection with A30G. And I think that there's a, a recognition among among most people that our seniors are some of our very best contributors to society in so many ways, in so many ways. And we want to create more options for them as they downsize from their original single-family home. So I could see that as something very welcome in the statutes. Yeah, I and others on both sides of the aisle have proposed such bills going back a dozen years. Uh, Initially, the Housing Committee wouldn't even contemplate any moratorium points for senior housing, claiming that it was too easy and every community would do it. Uh, And we eventually, I think, went out and it's not worth half a point as opposed to to the regular ones. Um, We also wanted to get um, uh, points for supportive housing. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been a lot of resistance to that. There's a fundamental lack of trust in uh, between the urban and the suburban communities at this point, which I find extremely unfortunate. We should be working collaboratively. And instead uh, it's almost as if, uh, you know, uh, we, we not only have to have you do your quote unquote fair share we have to be punitive about it. We have to penalize you for it. Uh, I, I don't understand what, where this is coming from. Uh, as you described with the Segregate Connecticut, even in its name, there's the implicit assumption of bias and bigotry and racism, which I know exists in the state. It exists in every community. We all have to deal, deal with the way we were raised. Uh, but uh, it, I don't think it's constructive to put all the focus on racism. Uh, I don't think it leads to good outcomes. And I wish that we could tamp down that kind of rhetoric and focus on solutions that are consistent with smart growth principles and will actually result in a lot more units getting built. That's what it's all about. So, Jonathan Steinberg, in your advocacy, which I hear very, very, very clearly and strongly here, and I'm one of your constituents, and I appreciate that advocacy, I would just like to ask you, what, if anything, do you ask people who are listening to do if they are exercised about this. And again, on this show, they may disagree with you strongly and they may feel that they want to argue against you or they may agree that fair share is not the right solution. In any event, what do you, what was your, what is your best suggestion for what people should do? Should they write letters to the editor? Should they join grassroots groups? Should they contact their local representatives? What do you think the most effective way to get your own point across is right now? Well, my answer is yes to all the above. Um, I I think that uh, legislators from other communities, particularly those on the Housing Committee, need to hear from people about uh, how problematic they see this. Even more importantly, I would say, is contact your legislators. I think a lot of them are not aware that this bill passed out of committee. I think a lot of them are not aware about the real consequences of such a bill becoming law. Uh, I have made it very clear to the majority leader, who has generally been supportive of the fair share concept, but has not necessarily been directly involved with this bill, how strongly I oppose it. And uh, he and I are going to talk further. Uh, I made it very clear I will oppose it on the floor 
at length if need be. And uh, part of my job is to marshal the collective leverage of my colleagues, particularly from Fairfield County, but in other suburban areas of the state as well, to get them to uh, speak as one about how we oppose this bill and to suggest to leadership they don't have the votes to actually bring it forward. So uh, getting legislators up to speed is critically important, and every constituent has a responsibility to uh, make their opinions know and get their legislator to care and take action. Jonathan Steinberg, thank you so much. Uh, People can reach you at what, jonathan.steinberg at cga.ct.gov. Is that right? You've got it, Lisa, anytime. I can't believe and, I remember uh, that. And I can always call you, and you have my cell phone numbers. So I certainly do. Well, do you allow your cell phone numbers to go out to your constituents? Are you that Sure, way? I'll you give it to you right now. Uh, you know, okay. um, I, I give it out mainly because I don't want people to get lost in the, uh, the legislative office building's phone system where messages may uh, languish for a while. So my cell phone is 203-722-7477. Uh, It's a crazy busy time of year, but I promise I'll try to get back to you. Um, It is important that I always hear from my constituents and particularly the good ideas. Love good ideas. Jonathan Steinberg, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Till next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 